Oh, it's good to be back. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Seriously Simple T4 Training. This is episode seven. I'm your host, Lee Axon, and I'm sitting in my office in uh, sunny Sunland, reasonably sunny today, if I'm honest with you. Um, I'm going to head out uh, in a bit for some coffee and a catch-up. Now, hopefully, the first thing that you will be able to identify with is the clarity of this sound. Previously, uh, I've been sounding like I've been uh, talking underwater, and after a long time of getting to the bottom of the problem, uh, I realised it was more to do with the actual uh, sound card in the laptop rather than any of the, uh, the microphones that I was trying. So um, it's a really, really good laptop, but the sound card for recording is obviously a pile of shit. Um, so we've got a microphone now, I'm hooked into my iPhone, so everything should be uh, loads better for you to listen to. And I know that for a fact because uh, I uh, listen to my own podcasts now and again when I go into the park, and uh, even I sort of cringe at the noise uh, quality. So uh, we've got a jam-packed show again today. So what have we got going on? So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about a couple of deaths recently in uh, the bodybuilding world. Uh, we're less than three weeks out for the Olympia, I think. So I'm just going to have a quick chat about that. Going to look at uh, spot reduction on your body. Popular question I get a lot from people. I'm going to look about, uh, sorry, look at intensity, what it is, and ask yourself, do you have it? Going to talk about uh, veganism in respect of how do you build more muscles efficiently. I'm going to look at um, something I've trained from for many years, which is the, the WIDA principles. So we're going to look at a set of those. Uh, I'm going to focus on mind-muscle connection, something uh, a lot of you should have heard me talking about before if you trained with me. And then I've got a little rant. This is my one of my favourite rants. I've been energised for it for a long time. Okay, so let's go up to the start. Couple of deaths recently. Um, last time we spoke, um, Rich Piana, uh, Mr. Synthol, um, the uh, owner of Five Percent Nutrition, was uh, I'd recently just taken into a, a coma. Well, as you know, um, you know this week sadly he's died. He's passed, um, and just two, possibly three days before that was also another bodybuilder, Dallas McCarver. Now, I uh, apologise for anybody listening to uh, the podcast who uh, aren't aware of you know who these people are. This podcast is primed mainly from my love of bodybuilding and training, so you know I appreciate it's not for everybody, but I try and keep it as uh, as simple as I can. Dallas McCarver was only twenty six years old, weighing in at over sort of three hundred and thirty pounds. He'd been an IFBB pro since twenty one, and had been uh, found. Um, by his fellow uh, trainer Josh uh, Lovanowitz, I cannot pronounce it. I can never pronounce it. The Australian guy. Uh, he'd been found um, in the kitchen, uh, apparently choked to death. And then Rich Piana apparently had uh, fallen, hit his head a few weeks ago, and he was in an induced coma. I understand uh, Rich Piana, you know, dying from uh, the coma, but uh, speculation is obviously rife about uh, Dallas McCarver. And while it is certainly possible to die from choking on food, uh, you know, obviously everybody's got the same sort of um, conspiracy theories going around. And I can tell you now, probably for about the past two or three years, I've said to people, he will die early. I've actually said that to people, he will die early. It's not, 
you know, it's not good health practice at such a young age to be that heavy and, um, you know, compete at that level and put your body through that amount of intensity and not expect repercussions. If we look back in the olden days, you know, bodybuilders peaked very early and they retired quite early. So Arnold Schwarzenegger retired at a six time uh, Mr. Olympia and he was only 25 years old. Okay, obviously he came back in the controversial 1980 uh, Olympia. So what was he, 30 there and he, he won his seventh one. If you look at uh, Lee Haney, um, who's currently tied with Ronnie Coleman for eight times Mr. Olympia, Lee Haney retired at 32. Now, I don't think Ronnie Coleman won his first one until I think he was 32. Um, so the, the level that, that this guy was at such a young age, for me, was just a, a signpost for uh, a health issue. So this is my take on it. I think he probably has died from, um, you know, choking, but what caused him to choke? This is my opinion. There's nothing to prove it. I think he's had a heart attack or some sort of aneurysm. Now, the reason they're going to want to, you know, not publicise that, certainly until the autopsy is done, I don't think they want to, is bodybuilding as a sport is in quite a good place, if I'm honest with you. Social media for the past few years has been rife. Um, we're only three weeks away, away from the Olympia contest, so this is the this is the Super Bowl for bodybuilding. You know, this is the World Cup. Um, the company which was looking after Dallas McCarver, Redcon One, they're just going uh, from strength to strength astronomically. So the last thing that the bodybuilding world needs is for any sort of death where the um, publicity monkeys will just jump straight on the obvious, and that's steroids. Steroids don't kill people, okay? Show me the bodies. That's what I'll say every single time. And if anybody's got Netflix or certainly YouTube, if you look at a movie called Bigger, Stronger, Faster, I think it's from about 2011, 2012, uh, they look at a report there, and it's an official report, and I've actually I've seen it online, you can get it. Um, I think it's a 2012 American Emergency Room Statistics, and steroids was 143rd on the list of why people come into the emergency room. More people die of the number one um, things such as uh, caffeine, uh, cigarettes and cigars, so tobacco and nicotine, alcohol, and then your standard drugs like heroin and stuff like that. So steroids don't kill people. However, you know, if you've got genetic um, issues, etc., then too many steroids will probably not be a benefit, but they don't actually kill people. But what happens is, like anything, um, if you get something like this, the journalists around the world will sensationalise it and it'll have such a bad rap. So I think it's coming a really, really bad time. Obviously, it's coming a bad time for his family and for him. You know, he's a, he's a lovely guy, etc. But I think from a sport perspective, and then Rich Piana dying a couple of days later, obviously, he was very open about his steroid abuse and his synthol abuse. So I just think it's a little bit of a dark patch uh, that we're about to go through. I, I reckon we'll get the Olympia out of the way and then all the, all the shite will come out. So that's my take on it. It's uh, condolences, obviously, to their families and that. Uh, they're massive personalities in the industry. And uh, when I was recently at Body Power in May down in Birmingham, um, Rich Piano was there. I didn't, uh, you know, cue to see him, but I was in sort of maybe uh, six feet from him. And yeah, he was a big guy, but not my type of physique. Uh, very false and blocky from my perspective. Okay, so I mentioned uh, we're less than three weeks out from the Mr. Olympia and uh, as I said, this is the this is the culmination for a lot of athletes of 
all their hard work. Um, some athletes do multiple shows throughout the year. Some just take the full year off and don't compete and they put everything into this uh, one Olympia. I think it's the 53rd or the 54th Olympia. Last year being uh, you know, the return of Kevin Ravroni. As I mentioned last time, this year is the return of Flex Wheeler. But the big question that gets asked all the time is Phil Heath, is Phil Heath beatable? So Phil Heath is going for his 7th Olympia and that will tie him with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So it's a very, very big uh, event this year. And you know, these questions are asked to the real journalists in the world, all around the world, is Phil, Phil Heath beatable? And you get the standard answer, anybody's beatable on any given day. Well, to me, that's just a bullshit answer. That's, that's people not, you know, coughing up and saying, yeah, this is what I think. This is my opinion, he's unbeatable. He's at an age now where his muscles have matured so solid, he's dry and vascular, he's got muscle maturity that just goes on forever. He's got thick, round muscle bellies, he's got that four-day effect. People pull him apart, say, oh, his chest is too narrow and stuff like that. Phil Heath is unbeatable. I talk about Sean Roden being, you know, the biggest um, challenger to him. I don't believe that in one one uh, one minute. I think when he you see that gut issue he's got, when he's lower abs and he's got very blocky abs. Big Ramy again. Big Ramy's too young. The, the judges go for thick muscle maturity. If Big Ramy's going to win anything like the Olympia, that's going to be after Phil Heath's gone. Uh, obviously, Kai Green's not there. But uh, my sort of two favourites is Cedric McMillan, who was this year's uh, winner of the Arnold Classic and is, went down in history as having the best post-win speech ever. So Cedric McMillan, you should have a look at that on YouTube uh, and he really has a, a, a good uh, bit of banter with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, he interviews Arnold Schwarzenegger on stage actually, it's fantastic. So you've got him and then uh, Dexter Jackson, I think he's 47, 48 now. I watch Dexter Jackson religiously on YouTube. Um, so they're my top three. Uh, but I, I think Phil Heath is, is absolutely unbeatable. I'd be interested to know your thoughts, you know, in and around the gym or any, um, any private messages or, or some Facebook messages. Okay, so that's a little bit of the news that's going on now. No skinny teeth today, I'm afraid. Just some latest shite which I've seen. Diet water. So hold on. How I didn't pack on pounds and pounds of fat drinking regular water throughout the rest of my life. I've no idea. Thank God somebody has invented diet water. Okay, so one of the main questions I get asked and have been asked is, and I, I usually get it quite visible, and I had it again just this week where somebody came up to me, it was a female, I'm not mentioning her name, and um, she lifted her arm up and she went, Lee, how do, I, how do I reduce that? Okay, so spot reduction is what I'm talking about, not squeezing zits, okay? Spot reduction, so people want to be able to reduce parts of the fat solely on their body. Well, he has the, he has the he has skinny on it, pardon the pun. Um, you cannot spot reduce fat, okay? So you cannot just target fat, okay? You've got to target the entire body. So sorry if that's gonna kill you. So you might have, for example, a bit of a wobbly bum. Okay, Lee, how do I, how do I target this? How do I make this, this fat bum go down? Well, what we have to do is we have to take off fat on the entire body, okay? And the way we do that is through the same old basics that has worked for thousands of years. Regular exercise, good nutrition, regular rest. 
it couldn't be more simpler than that so sorry to disappoint anybody out there that's thinking about asking or, or getting some pt just to reduce one area and the biggest one I, I get mainly is you know guys and women when i sit with them for consultations and i'll go so what's your goal and the main goal is they'll usually grab their stomach and they'll go i just want to get rid of this how do i get rid of this shall i do sit-ups it's not as simple as that as i said you can't spot reduce one area you've got to work the entire body okay we've got to change the metabolic rate of the entire body we've got to speed up the calorific process the fat burning element we've got to increase the heart's ability for aerobic endurance we've got to increase the cardiovascular system we've got to increase the lactic acid system in the body okay the creatine system in the body it all comes from full regular exercise and whether that's doing something like dance aerobics or something like weightlifting or, or running it'll come off across the body in one go so spot reduction on muscles or fat can't be done what can be done though is the reverse okay we can increase muscles okay i suppose in effect you could decrease muscles as a spot you just stop training them but you could increase muscle mass in one area by prioritizing that okay that would be the, the simplest way okay so the next thing i want to talk about is intensity intensity what is it and do you have it and this is a, a lot of um conversation i'm going to have with you now is for you to reflect on yourself so i'll talk about me for a moment i know that when i go into the gym i work my bollocks off okay i work intensely okay and i also know one of the many benefits if having a good quality personal trainer is that they will push you intensely and they will keep you at a high intensity level you might be one of these people that works at a high intensity level you might not be you might have seen people that work at a high intensity level you might have seen people that don't and i don't want you to get this um sort of all screwed up just because somebody is sweating really really hard doesn't mean that they're working at a high intensity level it, the, the sweat system is basically just a, a, a thermogenic process of cooling the body down it doesn't necessarily mean somebody's working hard so from my perspective what an intense workout is is obviously setting your stall out very very early and having a plan so you know what you're going to pretty much do or you're intelligent enough to not go on an, an adventure you're intelligent enough to make your way into that maze that is a gym and be able to systematically go from uh, machine to machine from exercise to exercise with a minimal rest period and a minimal distraction now the shorter rest periods you have the more intense you are automatically driven okay because when we slow down the metabolic system and we have greater rest periods the metabolic system as i said comes slower uh, your breathing patterns come back to normal your body cools down so you're dropping that intensity so the intensity that you want to be working at is sort of 60 seconds maximum rest period unless you're doing something like heavy deadlifting heavy benching heavy squatting where the, sh the, the heavier you go you know the, the greater rest period you need but what you don't want to be is that guy or that girl that is sitting on the bench or sitting on the machine on their mobile phone pissing about don't be that person okay it's infuriating i'm not going to turn this into a rant okay but you're not getting the maximum out of your training 
you know, for a lot of people coming to the gym is a, a way of life, but for some people it's an absolute chore. And you might want to just look at yourself uh, and the rhythm at which you work and think, well, hang on, I'm not making any progress at all. I'm not changing, I'm not getting stronger, I'm not getting fitter. Why is this? And it could be a lot of things. It could be you're not getting the right rest, it could be you're not getting the right nutrition, you're not self-educated enough, or you're not seeking education from other people, okay? It could be a collection of things. You could only be coming to the gym once a month, okay? Things like this are, are, are issues that'll stop you changing. But one of the main things is, is that intensity level, okay? If you need your phone because your child or your dog is at the vet, your child's in the hospital or something like that, I get that, that's not a problem, okay? If you need your phone because it's your music system, again, I absolutely get that, that's not a problem, okay? You'll see me with my phone pretty much all the time because I've got social media going through my head constantly, okay? And I'm always taking videos and photos and things I can use now or later on for various platforms such as Instagram or the website or YouTube, okay? But if you've just got your phone there as a distraction, okay, between sets, then that's all it is, it's a distraction. And I don't understand why people have to be piss-farting around with the music choices on the phone all the time as well. Set your soundtrack up, okay, 45 minutes of music, 60 minutes of music, whatever, put it in your pocket and go and train. And that should be your timer as well to how long I've got to train. You know, you probably know what songs are on there. You can say, right, that's the second last song. I should have completed nearly all of my leg workout by now, okay? But if you're just gonna sit there and you're gonna just text, okay? And you're just gonna look at Instagram and scroll, you'll actually find that you're not paying attention to real time, okay? Because you get sucked into the mobile phone and your intensity levels drop, okay? So it's just Mickey Mouse bullshit, okay? If you train hard, you train intense, you'll get the results, okay? If you don't, you won't. End of. Okay. So this next one um, is about veganism, okay? And um, I'm just gonna, you know, bow my hat to Nisha for this one because um, Nisha did some research on this based on a, a new client that she recently took on board from one of our classes. And uh, this particular girl is a, is a vegan and she was struggling to actually put muscle on. Um, so Nisha, like I say, did some research and uh, looked at some ways to, to help vegans. So just wanna sort of talk you through that, okay? And a lot of people think there is a secret to building lean muscle, especially as a vegan. But honestly, if you do a, a little bit of research, you'll find it isn't really a secret at all. Uh, the answer is dead simple. It's eat lots of protein and lift heavy, okay? And this can be more difficult when you're uh, on a vegan diet because as we know, it forbids consumption of any animal products which are full of the main nutrient key for building muscle, which is protein. However, there are many alternatives suitable uh, that are also high in protein, such as soy and pea protein. Uh, they're rich foods in that, and obviously powders, which you can take, protein powders. However, they do lack essential substances that help your muscles actually use the protein you're ingesting to help your muscles grow. And the substances I'm referring to are amino acids. Now, these are the building blocks of protein as they promote the protein synthesis, which is the muscle growth, okay? And protein, as I've told you time and time again, is vital for repair, okay? It's the number one element you need from nutrition, okay? And this is because while training, we stimulate the change of the muscles by tearing the muscle fibers through the weightlifting. 
but it's only during rest with the proper fuel and nutrition do they repair stronger in order to cope with the tension that we've previously put on them through uh, through exercise and protein helps do that by generating new cells in the muscle now remember from podcast three okay the body has no storage facility for protein so that's why we say that you have to eat small ingestions of protein every two to three hours now soy and pea protein contains some but not all of the essential amino acids needed for protein synthesis uh, whereas animal products do now this obviously doesn't mean that you have to stop being a vegan to build leaner muscle or, or you have to give up you can obviously supplement amino acids through uh, branched-chain amino acids, uh, pronounced BCAAs. And this is a powder or a tablet form uh, you can get and you mix with water and you drink, uh, or as, you, as, as we know, you swallow the, the tablet. But you've got to make sure which type of amino acid you purchase first. Now, most amino acids contain extract of human hair, believe it or not. That's awful, I know, and uh, I'm sure this goes against the vegan's code of ethics. So just make sure that when you're getting a branched chain amino acid product, okay, you get a fermented amino acid product, okay? And you can actually get one from my protein. It's listed as vegan BCAA powder, okay? But uh, check, okay? If you do, you know, uh, want to get a specific protein, get the fermented amino acid if you're a vegan, okay? Now, because as a vegan, the food you eat is not as dense with protein as meat, uh, it's important that you'll have two to three servings of the BCAAs throughout the day to ensure that your muscles remain as in an anabolic state as possible. So anabolic means in a building phase, okay? So two to three servings a day throughout the day. Obviously, to supplement your food, we also recommend uh, one to two servings a day of a vegan protein powder. Uh, and, and a popular make can also be found in some uh, bigger branches of Tesco's. It's uh, Cymex, I think, uh, when I see it, it's called Vo Pro Vegan Protein. Okay, so you can get them quite inexpensively. So if you're taking on board things like your tofu and your different uh, soy bean uh, proteins that you would normally have, two or three servings of BCAs today, a day, sorry, one or two servings of a vegan protein powder, then you're going to be well on your way to getting the right amount of protein in okay and obviously it's important to ensure you're eating the right amount of protein because uh, too little and your muscles won't grow and too much it'll just be expelled from your body but you need to find out how much is enough well research shows that the average person uh, certainly should be eating between sort of 0.6 and 1.1 grams of protein per pound of body weight to increase muscle mass that's just the, the normal person that obviously increases if you're doing intense heavy lifting but the exact amount that is right for you will depend on things like your height, uh, your weight, your activity levels, your genetics and your goals. Uh, and aiming to hit between those numbers um, should be quite sufficient for everybody. If you would like the hard work to be done for you, remember, I do provide uh, a nutrition document. It's currently sitting at about 44 pages. Okay, You can buy them direct from myself. you just got to email me at lee at t4training.co.uk I'll send you a short questionnaire it's a full nutrition pack okay I can make it vegan specific but if you're not a vegan you just listen to this and you want a full pack okay it's 20 pound but if you do take a PT pack which is over 90 pound okay then you'll get that for free 
but today it's the 28th of August I can tell you now I'm still completely fully booked okay um, I've had my arm twisted this morning um, to work an extra little bit of a, a shift just to fit somebody in at the moment I'm fully booked but it doesn't stop you going on a waiting list and I've got a couple of people on the waiting list now so don't be put off then as a vegan you know there are ways to get your protein in okay and if you want to know more like I say just get directly in touch so um, we're going to move on now to the weeder principles okay I don't know if anybody's heard of the weeder principles but um, they were created in the 40s uh, and in the 50s by the father of what we call modern day bodybuilding <coughs> who was Joe Weeder and anybody who's as old as me might remember in uh, Newgate Shopping Centre in Newcastle upon Tyne um, in the 80s probably in the 70s as well there was the Weeder shop and they would sell all their products and exercise equipment and stuff like that. Joe Weeder was responsible for launching um, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, into the world's uh, eyes uh, in the 60s as well as many other famous bodybuilders from back in the day and he created the IFBB as well the International Federation of Bodybuilding. Him and his brother Ben Weeder went on to create um, a massive industry which as we know today it is you know now followed by uh, hundreds of millions of people around the world in bodybuilding and exercise but what Joe Weeder invented mainly was the Weeder principles and there's probably about 20 different principles when I was looking into this past couple of weeks but I'm just going to explain some of the um, the most basic ones and the ones which which I think have got the most value in the gym and possibly you know if you do like um, listening to these principles if you let me know and then I'll cover some more for the next time on the next podcast podcast yet <coughs> coming to you in 3d <laughs> hold on I just have some diet water oh love it love it pound lighter okay so the weeder principles basically they're just a set of rules which you can employ through your training um, and when I go through a couple of these you'll probably recognize them if you're clients of mine uh, you'll have probably been through them uh, but there's certainly very simple ones you can do and the thing with the weeder principles it's all around one thing shocking the muscle okay shocking 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 the muscle into work okay because we don't want to plateau we don't want to be get stuck in the same rut uh, for years and years and find that we don't you know get anywhere with it so shocking the muscle constantly so let's start off with some of the most popular weeder principles so the first one we've got is the forced reps principle so what is it uh, this weeder principle of forced reps involves reaching failure on a set and then having a spotter help you get a few extra reps so this is a way of pushing your muscles beyond momentary failure in order to force them to grow so this is how you would use it okay to use force reps simply take a set to muscle failure as i do with nearly everybody and myself and then you'll have a spotter help you perform two or three more reps okay the assistance given should be just enough to allow you to do the majority of the work and generally you'd use this on the last set of each exercise in your workout certainly when training alone uh, you can still use this technique on isolation exercises um, by using the non-working limb to assist the working side okay so you can do it on your own that's a really popular one of torturing people with that one 
Another favourite of mine is the pre-exhaustion principle. Uh, this WIDA pre-exhaustion training principle uh, advocates a training a single joint or an isolation exercise first in your workout, followed by multi-joint exercises. Um, the point of pre-exhaustion, everybody, is to fatigue a target muscle group so that when you perform the following multi-joint exercise, the target muscle is already fatigued and receives ample overload without the set ending due to fatigue of other muscle groups. So I'll give you an example. Say for example, you're gonna use this method for chest. You could start your workout by doing, uh, say three sets of a chest isolation exercise, such as a dumbbell fly or a pec deck. And then you do three sets of another chest isolation exercise, such as a, a cable crossover. And then you follow this with a multi-joint exercise, we call this a compound movement, okay? Such as the bench press or the incline dumbbell press for each of the following three sets. So we've worked on an isolation, okay, with just one joint, okay, which I've explained to you guys before. Sorry, who, who worked with me, but you should know this, okay? So we've done a, a few sets of a couple of different exercises, and we're targeting solely the chest from like a fly movement or a pullover movement, okay? And then the final couple of exercises, we move on to multi-joint movements, okay? Such as, um, as I say, bench press or press-ups, okay? Multi-joint being compound, more than one joint, okay? And at this point, the muscles are absolutely fatigued, so we don't need to worry about fatiguing small muscles like the triceps, which are um, imperative for pushing the weight up on a bench press, okay? <laughs> Another popular one is the muscle confusion principle, okay? The white, the, sorry, the Wheeler muscle confusion principle involves constantly changing uh, the acute variables in your workout, such as number of sets, uh, number of reps, exercise choice, exercise order, and the length of rest periods, okay? So that's everything that goes in the workout. Now, this alternation uh, is designed to prevent you from getting in a rut and slowing or stalling your progress. That's that plateau effect we're talking about. So to use it, you simply change the acute training variables every single workout. And one of the easiest ways to do this is to change the weight and the rep ranges you use every time. For example, you could use heavy weight and low reps, so a five to seven in one chest workout, uh, lightweight and high reps, 20 to 30 reps in the next, then moderate, so then uh, a moderate weight and uh, moderate reps, eight to 10 uh, on the next workout. The other simple way is you could just change your entire workout back to front, okay, that's an easy way just to confuse the muscle because believe it or not, your muscle gets used to what you're doing and emotionally and mentally you start to expect, all right, I'm gonna do bench press first, right, I'm gonna do, uh, decline press next, okay, I'm gonna do cable flies next. It knows that because you get stuck in a rut. So if you change that every time, and so you know you're not doing 10 reps, I'm gonna do 30 reps, okay? This is gonna confuse the muscle all the time, and that'll drive that intensity higher that I've just been speaking to you before. And it'll force the body to adapt, it'll force it to change. This is a good one, uh, which I think a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people should pay some attention to. And this is the muscle priority principle. Chicken legs, anyone? Okay, so this principle involves training lagging muscle groups first in your workout when you're at your strongest and not yet fatigued. Uh, this allows you to train that muscle group with heavier weight in a higher intensity, which is critical for instigating muscle growth and strength increases. Now, I'm not necessarily suggesting that you train your biceps and your triceps 
before your chest, back or your shoulders, but certainly just to prioritize your arms, for example, consider training them either alone or before you train an unrelated muscle group like legs, for example, okay? Another simple way it could be is if you, it is an arm day and your biceps are clearly bigger than your triceps, okay? Then go to your triceps first every time, okay? And you can even minimize your bicep work, okay? So make 70% of your arm workout, your triceps, if it's the weaker element, okay, of your arm, and just attribute 30% of the workout um, to your biceps. That way you'll, you'll help sort of strengthen the weaker area and balance out the overall uh, arm. Okay, so we've got the super speed principle, okay? And I do see this using, uh, used quite a lot from strength athletes. Uh, the super speed principle advocates working as quickly and as explosively as possible through the positive portion of the rep. That's what we call the concentric, okay? If you hear me talking, the positive. So for example, on a bench press, the positive, aka concentric, is the push up from your chest to the sky, okay? Now, by going a bit more explosively, this helps build explosive power, speed, strength, and muscle size. Now, what's funny about this principle is that the strength scientists have only been studying speed rep training intensely for about 10 years now. But looking back, uh, the WIDA principles promoted this type of training in the 50s, okay? So really, he was way ahead of his time. So to use it, you'd start each exercise with, say, one to two sets, using about 50% of your one rep max, okay? or a weight you can normally lift for at least 25 reps. You'd perform about six to eight reps as fast and as explosively as possible during the positive part of the rep, okay? But go slow and control in the negative part of the rep. And then you would follow these sets with two to three normal uh, sets at normal speed, okay? So that's a really, really good one. That'll blow your brains out, that one. Okay, um, we've got the descending sets principle, okay? otherwise known as drop sets, and these involve working the muscle failure on a set and then immediately reducing the weight and continuing to do more reps. Uh, the standard method to do this is to reduce the weight by enough that can complete a similar amount of reps to the original set. Uh, this extends one working set into two or three brutal sets, uh, bo boosting growth hormone and encouraging muscle growth. Um, so to use this, for example, take the last set of each exercise to muscle failure and immediately with a, with a training partner or yourself, reduce the weight by about 30% and continue performing reps until you reach muscle failure again. You can keep repeating that as much as you want. And then my favorite one, okay, uh, is the instinctive principle, okay? I love this one. And this for me is why I find bodybuilding weight training so interesting every session and it's never a chore or hard work for me. And I've been using this one for at least 10 years now. Like everybody, back in the day, I would probably have a routine, okay? But I understand my bodies have got older and more experienced. Now this principle pretty much dictates that you listen to your body and adapt around it, okay? It's instinctive training. For example, if it's a bicep day, okay, and you enter the gym and your biceps are sore, don't train them, okay? Do something else. Likewise, when I walk into any gym, okay, and I go to train a body part, I don't need to look at a plan, okay? All I do is I simply consider the muscle group, okay? I look at the heads of the muscle group that need training, and then I see what is available to work on, what machines are free, how busy in the gym it is, where shall I start? So 
So if it was shoreless, for example, shall I start on a press, shall I start on a fly? Ah, that bench is busy, them weights I want are being used, I'll go somewhere and, and do a different exercise, okay? It's just instinctive, it's breaking away from that pattern that I must do this exercise first, I must do this exercise second. And for me, when I walk into the gym, it's a bit like the Terminator vision, when you see the perspective from his eyes. If you imagine, if you've seen the Terminator or the clips, it looks red and he's scanning everything with computers. Okay, so I walk in, look around the gym, and consider what's free to use. And then I'll then systematically use each machine, or weight or bench until I'm at failure. And I'll stand back, look at it, and go, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> and then I move on. Okay, so that's my favorite one, the instinctive principle. So there's quite a few principles there to look at. And believe me, there's, like I, said, I think I counted about 20, but there might actually be more. Okay, so got two things left now. Where are we? 37 minutes. This is a big one, this one. Wow. Mind-muscle connection. Okay, so what is mind-muscle connection? Well, believe it or not, okay, when you're training, if you're able to zone out all of the outside negativity, okay, okay, and you're able to focus on the feel and the movement and the mechanic of the machine or the weight in your arm or your leg or your body moving the weight, okay, you can stimulate more and that's been proven okay because i've seen youtube videos on it i've read uh, i've read science reports on it where they've strapped athletes up um with the little resistors around their muscles and into the brain and stuff and they've got them training uh i got them watching uh, it was mtv they had uh, this group watching and then they did the same with them uh, a week later uh, but they had them consciously focusing on the muscle and it was showing you the results of the contraction and the elevation um, in the, the muscle fiber twitch and things like that, okay? So mind-muscle connection, if you've ever heard me say it, okay, that means you actually focusing in on the muscle you're working, okay? And I'll give you a great example of this. If you've worked with me, okay, or you've seen me working with people, I'll demonstrate every single exercise, pretty much every time, okay? Now I can just do one set of 10, and I can feel, on a light weight for demonstration, I can feel my muscle working straight away. I've had so many people over the years who will train and exercise, and I'll say, right, did you feel that? And they'll go, no, okay, let's do it again. Okay, blah, 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 high intensity, you know, hold it, the weight more. Did you feel that? No, nothing. That's because, and, and you shouldn't, you know, you're not automatically gifted to know this, it's, you know, got to train your mind for it. But that mind-muscle connection is one of the most important Jedi mind tricks of bodybuilding that you can uh, learn or try and learn, okay? And here's an example. Here's the easiest one, okay? Tricep rope pushdown on the cables, okay? It's not just about standing there and going up and down with the ropes. Yeah, done 20, great. I'll have a rest period and check Instagram, okay? Feel the weight, okay? Zone out. Okay, pretend it's an Instagram filter. Okay, put a vinaigrette around the world. Okay, isolate that contraction in your triceps. Okay, feel them, feel the muscle being stretched. Okay, feel the fibers being worked. Hold it a bit more at the bottom. That is mind muscle connection. Another way of doing it is if you're doing a single arm movement, for example, a bicep curl. Okay with your right arm, for example, and you're curling the bicep with the dumbbell up towards your shoulder, okay? 
take your left hand and put your fingers on your bicep, okay? And continue to do the work and concentrate on where your fingers are. I guarantee you, you will feel your bicep flex and tense and pump more intensely, okay? It all comes down to the same thing, intensity and stimulation. So if you find that you're doing exercises and you don't feel that pump, I can guarantee you, your mind-muscle connection is not on point, okay? And that's something that you need to train yourself on. But if you want a hand on it, okay, again, give me a holler, give me a shout. Right, okay, so pretty much done now. What time we're coming up to? Uh, I've got quarter to 10, so I've got to go out soon. So the last thing I want to talk about is, God, so-called spotters in the gym, okay? What is a spotter, okay? Your training partner, your spotter, that is somebody that is there for you, okay, in case you need help or you're about to fail at an exercise. I cannot stand seeing the latest trend of spotters on their mobile phones when their so-called training partners or friends are doing an exercise. And the biggest one I've seen recently makes us nearly spit me teeth out, okay, is on the bench press, for example, the mobile phone spotter actually stands in the spotting position, okay, that your spotter would spot on, okay, and continues to send a text message. Now, it takes a microsecond for somebody to fail on the positive or the uh, negative of a lift. Are you telling me you're going to throw your phone down on the ground and catch that weight? It's bullshit. You're absolute disgrace. And when I've got my own place, you won't be allowed in the gym. You'll be banned instantly for health and safety reasons. In fact, mobile phones will not be allowed on the floor unless unless there's a health reason. Okay. These are the worst. These are along there with the people that leave a mess in the gym, okay? And I'm not talking about a particular gym, okay? I'm talking about gyms in general. This goes on around the world, okay? If you're gonna be there for your friend, spot them properly. Otherwise, don't bother turning up. Okay, well, hopefully you've understood some of that. If you've got any questions, you know where to find me. Uh, currently, working from Exercise for Less in Sunderland, okay? My website is t4training.co.uk. My Instagram is t4 underscore training. That's it, yeah, I don't know why I paused there. <laughs> and my YouTube is t4 training. And my email is lee at t4 training. And my Facebook page is at T4 personal training. Okay, that pretty much wraps it up for podcast seven, Above Water. I'm, uh, I'm gonna get this uploaded, I'm gonna get the boys out and we are going um, to meet a friend for some coffee. So until the next time, remember that old saying, if it's not simple, it is not T4. Thanks for listening, have a great Monday.